When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Sometimes I feel like this is just a lost cause. There's just no point. People are not going to get it, no matter how hard I try. Yet, I must keep trying. And I have. I've been trying for, for uh, let's see, 33 years. 33 years. I've been on the radio or podcasting, trying to help you get investing right. And it is a an uphill battle. It is a steep hill that I have to climb, but I will keep doing it. I will persevere. Today I want to talk about a battle that I wage with the, and it's a good battle, with the, uh, the, the media establishment out there. I am always out there trying to get the word out one way or another. Sure, there's an ulterior motive. You know, if I get in some of the other press, then people might listen to the podcast, which is good. So I subscribe to a service online where I get little notes saying a reporter wants a, uh, a, a an expert on X, Y, or Z. And occasionally I get quoted as an expert. Basically, it's on index funds. That's when I get quoted a lot. If it's an index fund, I get quoted. I don't get quoted a lot on other topics, even though I'm not going to stop trying. Why don't I get quoted? Well, I'm going to let you decide. The pitch this time was from a reporter at U.S. News and World Report. I've been quoted there many times. This reporter was writing a piece on how to invest in hedge funds. Now, I have some very strong opinions about hedge funds, and I shared, oh my gosh, how many words? Let me just look. Let me look and see if I could. I'll tell you, I, I'm I'm opening the software. I'll tell you how many words this piece was. Uh, oh, here it is, hedge funds. Is this the one? Opening. Oh, yeah, this is the one. Uh, I wrote about, uh, it was about 350 words in an email about hedge funds. I didn't hear back from the reporter, which is normal. I don't often hear back from them. But I did want to see what her article turned out to be. So I went to U.S. News and looked it up. It's called How to Invest in Hedge Funds. And um, it starts out with a brief description of hedge funds, uh, why they're valuable to investors, because they provide access to return drivers. I love this language. You could tell this came from a hedge fund manager. Uh, it, it, they provide access to return drivers that are not present elsewhere. Pfft, come on. Uh, I mean, this is just it's gobbledygook. It's one of my favorite. I love hodgepodge and gobbledygook. This is gobbledygook. Uh, the main asset class 
for growing money in America has been and continues to be stocks, ownership of businesses, because businesses can grow more valuable. All the other stuff, the alternative asset classes like real estate or currencies or crypto or commodities or private placement deals, these are all out on the periphery and sometimes they win and sometimes they lose, but wow, are they scary. And yet hedge funds imply, well, we're hedging your bets. We're hedging your bets. The, the idea is, as a matter of fact, it's mentioned somewhere in the article that the idea is really to avoid losing money as opposed to making money. Uh, yet hedge funds are a very expensive proposition. We talk about fees a lot. The average fees on mutual funds have fallen. Now they're just below 1% per year on average. The average fees for hedge funds are 2% per year, in good times and bad, and 20% of the profits in good times. I've seen some that are 3 and 30, 3% and 30%. There's even one fund out there, not available to the public, but it's used to be. One of the hottest ones out there, and its fees are 5 and 44 5% per year, good times and bad, and 44 of the 44 percent of the profits. Is it any wonder that the man who runs that fund is a multi-multi-billionaire? Who's making money? The fund managers. They're making money no matter what. And they're making pretty darn good money. As a matter of fact, I, I have a theory. If you had a means by which you could make incredible money would you sell it to somebody for 2 or 3% per year even? Or would you just do it? Hmm. Well, anyway, a lot of rich people love their hedge funds. They do. They do. So this article goes on, asks the questions, are hedge funds right for you? Nowhere in the four paragraphs that follow is there any mention of why they might not be right for you. They don't say they probably aren't right for you. They don't say that. They say things then later on like, and this is a headline, hedge funds have lockup periods. Yeah, it's hard to get your money out. They're not li liquid. That should be a big red flag. Hedge funds offer diversification. Oh, come on. That's a canard. Hedge funds sometimes own things that, that other funds don't own, but are they things you want to own? like crypto or private placement investments? Mm, probably not. And I'll give you some facts in a minute to back up all the... I'm not just saying this stuff. I have actual numbers to back this my, my particular position up. Their takeaway, I'm just going to read you this part. Investors who qualify under the definition of accredited investors, that means you're a really rich person and you can afford to lose money, are interested in investing with hedge funds. But they should consider their investment risk fees and how they can add. They're telling you to do your due diligence, but you can't do your due diligence because hedge funds don't share how they make money. It's private. Now, here's what I wrote. I wrote that I believe, she said, why was why would anyone get into a uh, hedge fund? And I said, I believe there's only one reason why people use a hedge fund. Ego. 
They're designed to make investors feel special. They're only offered to special, wealthy people. And those special, wealthy people, because they're special, get to pay those ridiculous fees of 3 and 30 or 2 and 20 or 5 and 44. But how have hedge funds done in aggregate? You see, you can always find big winners, a few big winners. But just because something has been a big winner doesn't mean it will in the future. As a matter of fact, when it comes to mutual funds, which are run by professionals, most of the big winners in a five-year period are among the big losers in the subsequent five-year period. So let me just give you some real numbers for hedge fund returns. You ready? 2017. The average of hedge funds, the average return for hedge funds, was 10.36%. 10.36%. And remember, you're paying 2 and 20 for that, 2%, 20%. Let's compare that with the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund. I would say that's really well diversified. It's in the stock market, but it's really well diversified. And it costs 8 one-hundredths of 1%. One a lot cheaper. In 2017, the Vanguard Total World Stock ETX, ETX, ETF, <laughs> the symbol is VT, it returned a total of 24.49%. This is from Morningstar. The, the, Barclay, the hedge fund numbers from Barclays Hedge Fund Index. 2018, the hedge funds lost 5.23%. VT, the Vanguard Total World Stock ETF, did worse. It lost 9.76. Yep, you would have lost more money in 2018. However, you would have made about 14% more in 2017 when the market was up. You'll see a pattern developing here. In 2019, the hedge fund index gained 10.64%. In 2019, VT gained... 26.82%. Hmm, wait a minute. That's 16% more. Hmm, okay. That was a good year. How about 2020? It was good. It was bad. It was all over. Those brilliant hedge funds, on average, returned 11.14% in 2020. How about the Vanguard Total World? 16.61. Another win. Oh, only 5.5%. But still another win in an up market for the dumb fund. The smart funds are losing and charging more, and the dumb funds are winning and charging less. How about 21? We only had two months of data through the end of February. It was a pretty good year. It's been a pretty good year so far for stocks. But remember, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index is all over the place. It's U.S., it's international, it's small, it's large, it's everything. Overweighted to large because it's a cap-weighted portfolio. How did the hedge funds do in 2021 so far? First two months. 3.66%. Well, that's pretty good. For two months, not half bad. Except the Vanguard... Total World Stock ETF, VT, returned 5.05% over that same period. So, 
Compared with the U.S. news article, which basically said, hedge funds are a wonderful way for rich people to play the market better. Yeah, they're not. Here, here are my conclusions. One, hedge funds cost more than almost anything. Hedge funds, in aggregate, have returned less than owning the entire global stock market. They have. Hmm. And apparently they only have outperformed during falling or fall-in markets. I prefer past tense. Hmm. Now think about that for a minute. Do stock prices... Let's go back to past tense again. Have stock prices risen more than they've fallen or fallen more than they've risen? This is a trick question because if they had fallen more than they had risen over the many years that we've had stock markets, uh, eventually we have to reach zero, which means the global economy would be worth a big fat goose egg, which means um, most of us would be dead and those that remain wouldn't be listening to podcasts. We would be trying to scratch out sustenance from the land. So, no, stocks have always gone up more than they have gone down, and they pretty much have to. Now, don't just take my word for it. Don't just take my word for it. Back in 2008, some famous old guy named Warren Buffett got into a discussion with a hedge fund manager who claimed that hedge funds should beat the S&P 500. Now, remember, I wasn't talking about the S&P 500. If I had talked about the S&P 500 over those five years, <laughs> those numbers would have looked even better because the S&P 500 would have walloped the total world fund, but without the diversification. So uh, Warren Buffett placed a bet with this guy. The money would go to charity. Over 10 years, that the S&P 500, he said, would beat hedge funds. Well, it turns out, over the period of the bet, the S&P 500 gained a total of about 126%. Versus the hedge funds, 36%. That was a 10-year period. That's an incredible difference. That's more than three times more. Engine on four. And here is the rub. Ready? Hedge funds are illogical. They don't make sense. The only way they can win with those kinds of fees, think about this for a minute, they're totally illogical. The only way they can win and charge those kinds of fees is either by knowing the future for a fact consistently. Now, do you believe that fairy tale? Oh, I didn't think so. What's the other way that they could consistently win? Successfully cheating. Yes, it's been done. 
Stephen A. Cohen, SAC Capital. Huge fines for basically cheating. Did the author choose to balance this story with any of the information I provided? And she could have even taken the information I provided and not quoted me, but just found someone else. She could have sent a note to Warren Buffett's people. Did she even mention the Warren Buffett bet? No, no, no. Because the readers want to believe that there is something special out there for them. You want to believe that. You want to believe this big lie that Wall Street uses to prosper. That you, well, old you, you can win. You can't win. And bigger old yous, the, the special people, you know, the stars, the celebrities, the people with the big bucks, they want to be special even more than you do. And they're willing to pay for it and lose for it. Why do you think so many wealthy people get taken in by Ponzi schemes? Because they want to feel special. Same thing with hedge funds. People want to feel special. Now, to a question. Now, we get questions a couple of ways. One, you can call them in to 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Or two, you can send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. TalkingRealMoney.com. And just use the contact form, and you can either type them in, or you can... Um, <clears throat> You can record them right there on that page. You can. So um, here's one that was typed in, and this was this one. This one's dated. This one is timely. So this one is from actually it's from early this morning on the second of April, and I'm at, even then I'm probably doing it a little late because we should have been talking about this oh, far before today. This, this was a, a, a note that says, Annoying article you should debunk. Hi, I'm a huge fan and suspect this article will annoy you as much as it did me. Well, thanks for sending it because, oh my gosh, this is so hard to believe. The headline, Are You Saving Too Much for Retirement? The subtitle. It's more common than you might think. And then they go on to talk about how many people are saving too much for retirement. That we actually need less in retirement. And that we save too much for a number of reasons. Because we erroneously believe we might need to replace 70 or 80% of our wages. And why do it anyway? Because... Planning for your future is really, really hard. I mean, come on, what a dumb idea. It's better to spend money. Why save it? Get in the, get out of the habit. They actually say this. You spend the majority of your life earning a paycheck. You've been saving. But you need to break this habit. 
you need to stop saving. It's hard to do. And they go on and on with advice for oversavers. I can see why she was angry. I can see it. And then I can also see one other thing as I scroll back to the top of the page. I can see the date that this piece was published at newretirement.com. As I said, I was a day late. Because this article was published on April 1st, 2021. I was a day late in sharing this with you. A day late. More fool me. Oh, I could just kick myself. <laughs> oh, I hope you care. I hope you have a good sense of humor. <laughs> it? Uh, you may have, I, hey, you may have sent it to me to try to trick me too. I don't know. I don't know. But I read it and I went, huh? Are you saving too much for retirement? This doesn't make any sense. Read a little bit of it, scroll back up to the top of the page, and see that the piece was published on April 1st, 2021. Can't fool me. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good, it's hard to do a good investing April Fool's gag. That wasn't a bad one. Not at all. Well, I think I've ranted and raved and carried on enough for one day. Uh, I hope that you have a terrific weekend if you're listening to this on a Friday, or I hope that you have a terrific whatever comes next if you're listening to it some other time. And I hope that you understand that money needs to be taken seriously. It's not something to play with. And it is not something about which you can know the future. You just can't do it. So you have to have a plan. You have to have a portfolio that makes sense for you. You've got to know how much risk you can take and how much risk you need to take and what your needs might be in the future. And then plan accordingly based on what we've seen in the past over long, long periods of time. We'll have up times and down times. That's the one thing I can pretty much guarantee. Stocks will go up, stocks will go down. They will. When? Don't know. So thanks for listening. Please, 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 please tell more people. Because the more really the merrier. Wouldn't it be nice if people just stopped getting ripped off? It won't happen, but it would sure be nice. And if you love the show, the podcast, leave a review at Apple Podcasts. And if you want to listen live every Saturday... We do a live show. We've only missed one in years. And that was when we did Retire Meet. And we only missed one hour of it because I did the second hour live. Uh, listen on Saturdays. You can listen anywhere in the world. Just go to the Talking Real Money webpage and scroll down and listen to us on TuneIn Radio there or any other of the radio services out there. We're on uh, Como Radio in Seattle on Saturdays from 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific. I'm Don McDonald. I'm just going to spend the weekend talking real money. Talking real money. We hope you realize.
is that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.